0: I'm totally bewildered by this raw and jump.
1: for the Nardwar The Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from 1976, The Water Pistols with Gimme That Punk. And today on the Nardwar The Human Serviette Radio Show, gonna be giving you an interview with Mac DeMarco. An interview with Mac DeMarco today on the Nardwar The Human Serviette Radio Show. Mac DeMarco from Edmonton, Alberta. Also from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, also from Montreal, Quebec, and also from Brooklyn, New York, Mac DeMarco. Right now, to prepare you for Mac DeMarco, I thought I would play a bunch of tracks. Could I begin with Mac DeMarco's favorite producer, Joe Meek, and a track that he did by The Buzz called You're Holding Me Down on the Nardoir, the Human, Serviette, Radio, Shoot!
0: I was too bad till you came along You ain't no good to me
1: Radio show on CITR FM 102 Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And if you hear in the background there, you can hear the band Peace about to be played. The song Pockets by the band Peace. But we heard right there the Courtney's with social anxiety, and before that the Buzz with You're Holding Me Down, a production of Joe Meek, one of Mac DeMarco's favorite producers. And speaking of the band Peace, we're gonna play something by the band Peace right now on CITR Radio, and it is the track right here. We have all queued up. You can hear me. Oh, shut up. We can hear me in the background right there as we change the record here live on citr radio okay and if you'd like to become a dj on citr call up citr 604-822-1242 and say i want to be a dj or if that don't work check citr.ca and you too can be a dj so i've picked out this record right here by the band Peace, one of Mac DeMarco's favorite bands. And we're going to play the track. You're going to hear me dropping it live, Pockets by Peace on the Pop Echo record label. Then we are going to hear something by Mac DeMarco himself, Goodbye Weekend. And then an interview with Mac DeMarco on the Nardwar The Human Serbia radio show. And here we go with... And there we go. all queued up, kind of queued up and here we go. peace and
0: well, carefully, touch my lips, feel my pockets full. tired and ugly, making lists, it's better if you don't. my face.
1: Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco, welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
2: Feels good to be back, baby.
1: And right off the bat, I have a gift for you. Cool. A couple gifts. Here we have something. Merry Christmas, Uh, Mr. Lawrence DeMarco, and also a Yuki. Yuki. Underneath it, we have a record by Yuki. Yuki Yuki
2: Takahashi.
1: Oh, romantic. This one's great. I don't have this one. Yep. Tell the people about these records and the importance to Mac DeMarco. This guy plays drums in YMO. This guy, uh,
2: well, is he on the cover there? There he is. Plays a synth. And uh, does a couple of vocals. There you go. Great band. Very important, too. I love this. I love these guys a lot.
1: And check out the insert in the Yoko Hiro record. It's amazing. It's got, like, extra li- Do you like inserts in records? Yeah, it's one of the, One of the best parts of getting records. Like, if you pull it way open there, you can see some extra little excitement. Check out the insert. Oh, Extra little bonus Ooh, look at that So why do you like his stuff again? <laughs> um, I don't know it's just I've
2: never really got into any kind of electronic music or synthesized music But then I started buying all these synthesizers I started making a little guap And if you want synth music, you know this is the best place to go So, YMO That's nice too with the watercolors, huh?
1: It is Yeah A special package for Mac DeMarco Welcome back to Vancouver, British Columbia Canada you can put that down. <laughs> Mac DeMarco, you lived with Ryan from Green Burrito Records in a hot water closet. A hot. In the street. But uh, in that
2: room, we had two double mattresses right beside it. It kind of looked like a Best Western in there. Yeah.
1: It was a hot water closet, though. Please explain. It was a silk screening place. A hot water closet. You're underestimating it.
2: It was like you come in the front. The front room had, uh, yeah, screen printing stuff in it. And you go through a big living room, but if you wanted to get to my room, you turn the corner real quick, and there's, you have the water closet, you squeeze beside there, and there's just a, a, a futon that we, we both had slept on over the years. And um, yeah, it was not the nicest place to live, but it was really cheap, so it was okay.
1: Mac DeMarco, you've only put drumsticks up your ass once, right? Only once. That's true, but I put something else up my butt in Vancouver a while
2: ago at Ochi in Chinatown, which was my thumb. Yeah.
1: That's what I wanted to ask. You about. we have some documentation from that night by Steve Louie here. A photo is an Emily Carr after party. Could you explain what's going on here, please? Uh, yeah this is this, this is ochi
2: I guess this is here's my friend Victor And uh, yeah the boys and everybody i don 't really know I, we got really, really drunk before this show, and as you can see right here. I mean, you know, it's just kind of a shock factor stuff. thing. show has gone a little bit weird. At this time, we weren't the, the tightest band ever. So, you know, you kind of got to wow the crowd somehow. But as you can see, Victor was just about to really give the finger that extra push. And it was disgusting. It smelled really bad. And I think um, some people were probably offended, but maybe others enjoyed it. I don't know.
1: Well, not only did the finger smell bad, it also tasted bad. You sucked on the thumb, the finger?
2: I actually forgot about that part, but yes, I, I did. Yeah, I did.
1: Poo-banging.
2: Yeah, poo-banger, yeah.
1: So has there been more poo-banging on this tour?
2: Uh, when, well, we have this thing. When we play a really weird show, like we played a show in Quebec a little while ago, it's not the same, same poo-banging, uh, you know, but it's, uh, we have a, it's kind of like our band within a band. When we're feeling a little bit weird and the crowd is weird, that's called a poo-banger set. And that night, our band is called Poo-banger.
1: Mac DeMarco, did you break Mish from White Lung's orbital bone wrestling her at Honey Lounge? That, that was my drummer Joe. I, I remember
2: it very clearly. He was kind of standing out in a corner, and he looked kind of like he was kind of lurched over, like smiling, like, yeah, really weird. Next thing you know, jolts across the room. Mish is playing a set, like White Lung's playing, and he, like, picks her up and knocks her into Anne-Marie's drums. And, yeah, she got, like, a pretty screwed up from it. Yeah, it was pretty weird, yeah. And he doesn't remember doing it, and he doesn't
1: remember why he would have done it. So, strange, Yeah. Mac DeMarco, this is Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, isn't it? This is another shot by Steve Louie. Could you explain what's going on here? The zoo shop. This symbolizes Vancouver, doesn't it?
2: Yes, it does. We got my friend Cody Hicks. Looks like Joe there. Alex Calder playing with me there. This is Connor Brady's broom here. Ainsley Willow. Man, this is in in here, huh? What's going on?
1: The zoo shop. Very important.
2: Yeah, zoo shop. Yeah, it's a little... Well, was it, is it still around, yeah? No, it's no longer there. No way. Oh, well, times change. It shows in the back a lot. Great place. Really like that spot.
1: And if you turn the photo over, another photo by Steve Louis. What do we have here but make-out videotape yeah. playing at HOKO's in...
2: Yeah, in... Uh, 2009. Yeah, look at that. Nice back there. Ryan Smith there. Sidney Jacobs, Scott Parsons, Evan Bosovsky. Adam Shaw. Lovely, yeah, this was with uh, Apollo Ghosts, I think, this show, I remember that Also not the tightest show I've ever played, but great time
1: It's now called
2: Lanoloo's,
1: it's no longer called Hoko's, but it's an important place I guess what I was trying to say is like Zoo Shop, those are places that people don't always know about Vancouver But that really is Vancouver, that's where you came from, isn't it? It is, and
2: actually the funny thing about this is that Hoko, the man, was my landlord Because the water boiler room was right across this wall right here So, there you go
0: that show was
1: actually reviewed, believe it or not, in Discorder magazine by Sean Nelson. Quote, despite some unfortunate attempts at audience participation, <laughs> Makeout videotape proved a cool end to a sweltering evening of musical community. Yeah, there you go. it gives, gives me something, you know? What was the audience participation that you were doing there? Tell you the truth, I have not the foggiest clue. Do you remember what song you'd be doing? Like your shirt is off. That, oh, this one
2: probably looks like I used to have a song called Heat Wave where everybody, because it had a little so people like to sing that. It Looks like Ira Hardy singing it there with me. So,
1: and if we look way in the back there, we can see John Collins from the New Pornographers, the guy with the beard. You know the New Pornographers in Vancouver? Yeah, there you go. I didn't know at the time, but that's interesting. <laughs> and that was his first date with his girlfriend Susanna. Yeah, hope it went well. Hope I didn't ruin it for him. Well, also actually, there's a connection between Make Out Videotape and Mac DeMarco and the New Pornographers. What is it? You want to see it? It's right here. Check out what they have, what the new pornographers have for sale or had a few years ago. Ah, the, the
2: classic rock coke mirror. Yeah, that's nice. See, this is what I wanted mine to look like, but mine looks more like it's for like a 16-year-old's like locker, like for the inside of her locker or something. Like so. But that's nice. Look at that.
1: I think they actually did it by going to thrift shops and silk them by hand. See, they got it, yeah. See, this, this, I wanted a nice frame. I wanted
2: it to look like, because the Grateful Dead and stuff had those mirrors a long time ago and stuff. So, But this, yeah, they outdid me on this one, I'll tell you. It's nice.
1: Mac DeMarco, back in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were drumming with make-out videotape, you would be not drumming the next week. You always had a different drummer, didn't you, with make-out videotape? This is true, yep. Do you remember a Showmac with Ainsley on drums? Ainsley, Ainsley Willow? She was on drums, and you didn't like the way the drumming was going, so you took off your shoes and put it on the toms, so there could be no more drumming. That's that's always a
2: nice trick, wallet or a shoe, you know. it's well, I mean, maybe maybe yeah, maybe I put them on the drums and take them all away, the but sometimes you got to dampen those puppies. You know what I'm
1: saying? So those early gigs, make a videotape, and drummers. What can you say about that? I had so many, Uh, for a while I wanted to do like a big family
2: portrait of everybody because I'd probably, there were some instances where I'd just call somebody and be like, yo, like Jen doesn't want to do the show tonight, like, can you come over and like do it? They'd be like, I don't know your songs, but you know, it was okay usually, so, but uh, yeah, I I guess, uh, I don't know, I just never really had a real band, I guess.
1: (laughs) Vancouver I mean here we are in Vancouver so much Vancouver you on the cover of Discorder Magazine CITR's Program Guide that's right yeah I got one of these at my mom's house that's, uh, that's with Alex Calder Eats com. it is but there's a trick to this
2: actually this is a cutout of Alex's face behind it is Jen Clement of the Courtney's
1: and if you open it up to that little annotated piece there what do we see if you open up your Discorder Magazine CITR's Program Guide there you see Jenny and Mac
2: yeah and a uh, guitar my friend Marcel gave me
1: so that's not the guitar, is it? No, it's
2: not. No, it's like a crazy metal guitar. It's kind of cool, though. What
1: can you tell the people about
2: Jen? Jen is, um... She used to play drums to me. At the time I met her, she was playing a band called Puberty from Calgary. Um, now she's got a band called The Courtney's. Dear old buddy of mine. An important band! The Courtney's. I haven't even seen one of these in the flesh yet, actually, because I'm on the other side of the country. But, And, you know, crazy thing about this, it ran into, uh... Not sure if it was Tegan or Sarah, the other day in, in Saskatoon, but it was one. They looked pretty similar. But um, the cousins of Jen, the cousins of Jen, and I didn't realize that the Courtneys are open for Tegan and Sarah. That's crazy, man. That's crazy stuff right there. That's a big time stuff. I'll tell you.
1: Shout out to the Courtneys and Jen.
2: Yeah, God bless, girls. Have a good time out there.
1: Now, also important is Pop Echo Records. What can you tell the people about Pop Echo Records and Peace, an important band as well? This is true. This
2: band. Um, I lived with Dan and Jeff from Peace when I first moved to Vancouver on Killarney and 41st Ave, way out there, way up King Kingsway, right? That's the street, yeah. And these guys, yeah, I don't know. I knew Dan from Edmonton. They're uh, sweet old friends. I Actually, maybe I'll try and hit up Dan while I'm here. I know that Jeff's little brother, Nigel, will be at the show tonight, hopefully, so. There you go. And they're
1: going to be opening up a record store as well called Horses on Hastings Street. Somebody was telling
2: me Dan was doing that. I I haven't been in contact with him in a while, but that's amazing. For a while, Dan was talking about buying a private island, and we're all kind of like, what are you going to do on the island? He's like, I don't know. So, uh, the
1: record store sounds good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Mike DeMarco, in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, we showed Back to Marco in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We shoot a lot of movies here. Yeah. Your family, though. Your grandfather. Was he an extra in Scarface? He was. He was, yeah, in the scene where... uh
2: Uh, what's the, what's the, I'm to... The restaurant scene? Yeah, the restaurant scene where, you you know, Scarface is freaking out, Ah, screaming, swearing. And my grandpa, see, he's like really, he was really religious. Never met the guy, who was dead before I was born, but my mom said that he was in there and, you know, looking distressed because he, like, feels very uncomfortable with uh, foul language, so. But yeah, he's in there. How did I
1: get in How can we spot him?
2: Um... I don't know. The best way to spot it is probably to watch a movie with my mom. You can hit her up on uh, at Agnes DeMarco on Facebook. But um, I don't know. If, I mean, he's got like big old, like kind of those uh, uh, sepia tone glasses, nice black hair. But he was living in L.A. and I think uh, while he was, he was playing sax down there and uh, took up some extra work apparently. So, there you go.
1: And your grandma also keeps four trappers in her
2: basement? She She did at a point when I was growing up. Yeah, now my aunt's got the basement, but... Grandma was always a big fan of those uh, Sexy Trappers boys, I'll tell you.
1: Edmonton Trappers,
2: baseball team. That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. No longer the baseball team.
1: What band did your mom play in? Didn't she play in a band? I don't know if my mom, my
2: mom did, but my aunt played in a band called Hot City Brass. Uh, uh, in Minneapolis, I think,
1: yeah. What hockey players did you go to school with? Oh. Because you are complaining about hockey players bullying you. Now's your chance. What hockey players did you go to school with? Did they actually make NHL or WHL?
2: I hope those guys are all dead, but um, let's see, I don't know, who would it be? I don't really remember any names. I remember there was a girl, I think it was like, what is the, I don't know, some Oilers daughter was there, and she was pretty cute. I don't remember, I think her name was Devin or something, but I don't remember her last name, but
1: there you go. Back to Edmonton, Alberta, Mac. DeMarco. The Vertical Strats.
2: Yeah, yeah, Raymond and Trevor.
1: A very important band, along with the Subatomics.
2: Subatomics, too? Yeah, love the boys. Oh, yeah.
1: And I have a gift for you a Rennie Wilson coaster. This is a Rennie Wilson coaster. Now, for people who don't know, explain Randy Wilson, the Subatomics. This is very important to Mac DeMarco. Yeah, well, Renee was a guy that I met when I was like, maybe 15
2: or so, and I was going to shows at the time. All the kids my age were playing like you know blues rock, air clapped cover bands. But then Renee came around, and he was really into like the Gories and, and you know you know t- Detroit like uh, you know garage rock, and they were going nuts. Like they were like you know these little I think they were uh, I do know straight edge at the time, but like they would fly around the stage playing these crappy guitars, crappy amps. They're great, though. They're really cool, and uh, I think for me that was kind of like, "Hey, I could probably do that too." So that's Randy. Now, now he's doing his own thing uh, under this name, Randy Wilson. But
1: well, And I heard he's moving to Montreal. I actually saw him in Edmonton the other day, and
2: uh, yes, he is. I think, but he has so much recording gear that uh, he's having some kind of uh, internal dilemma about it. But he'll uh, he'll be fine, I think. Yeah. See you in Montreal, Renee. Uh,
1: Mac DeMarco, 108, 48, 82nd Avenue. 108, 48, 82nd Ave. Lil? Lil? Lil?
2: Lillows. Who's
1: helping you out there? <laughs> Who do is, we have there? This
2: is actually one of the old drummers from Makeup Video He played some shows with me. Mean, this is Oliver. He plays in Calvin Love now. plays the bass.
1: So he knows the store known as?
2: Lillo's, yeah.
1: And that's where it all started out. Please explain a little bit about that.
2: Lillo's is uh, kind of a crazy guitar store in Edmonton. It's where I bought the guitar that I've been using from makeup videotape to this point. I think they like dug it out of the basement. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a kooky place. Old Vic is the owner of that spot, and he's a, he's
1: a wild old guy. Yeah. I think it's great, Mac, that you shouted out the gories. It's great that you shout out you rep the gories. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing. They've had a couple of albums come out since you heard them first. Like, that album on Third Man that came out. Uh, yeah, I've, I don't know if I've heard the new stuff, but the guy, what is it, Mick... Uh, Collins. Mick Collins. He
2: does, what's the other band? The Dirt Bombs, right? Yeah, so I've heard some of that. I've never seen them play. I've never seen The Dirt Bombs either, but... That was one of the things with Renee. He would, he could, They got to open for the Dirtbombs something, and I was like too young to get in the show, but they were allowed to go in because they were, you know, playing. But,
1: yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, there you go. Mac DeMarco quote: "Does my life uh, Drake? Yes. Whoa, whoa. Sensitive humor. What was that all about? Ah,
2: uh, whoa, that's a deep cut right there. That's sick. Um, my good friend Evan Prusovsky, also an Edmonton boy." He's, he made a couple of the make videotape videos. He's made a couple of my new videos for the new stuff. And he's a great rapper. And now he's moved on to great things. He's doing videos for Paul McCartney. He did a Lana Del Rey video. He's a, an amazing director of photography, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's crazy you have that call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Dev. Mac DeMarco, thank you, Calgary. Fast forward. Thank you.
2: <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Calgary. Look at that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> this is by my friend Nicole Who played in a band
1: Called Puberty
2: With Jen Who we were talking about In the Courtney's Yeah Cover
1: so. story by Josiah
2: Hughes Josiah yeah From the Grown Ups
1: But thank you Fast forward Because you took this design Didn't you
2: Yeah my label loved this And they use it a lot For all kinds of stuff So And it's great You know Look at Nicole's uh, drawing Very nice Very cool Yeah.
1: Now I noticed Nicole also plays In a band called Friendo.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Friendo were playing anymore, but Friendo was a great band, yeah. And
1: you played with them in an LRT tunnel? An LRT tunnel? Do you remember that gig at all?
2: I do, yeah. It was after women played a show at the Empress in Edmonton, and then we decided to go to the LRT tunnel. And I think we both ended up playing more or less a set, but then when I went on, the cops were trying to like take the microphone away and stuff. So, But yeah, it was, uh, it was great. It was a good day, actually.
1: Mac, what's the end of the world?
2: End of the world is uh, a road called Kila Road in the uh, neighborhood of Bur- what is Belgravia in Edmonton that collapsed into the river. So there's this, like, jagged cliff that just goes off, and it just falls down into the river. Yeah. We played a show there, too. You're probably going to say, huh?
1: And there were helicopters with searchlights?
2: Yeah, it felt like, like a U2 music video. Like, all of you were at that show, too, weren't you? Yeah. But it was, like, you know and the light and we're like yeah man like first tour ever day off from touring with the Japan Droids we're like yeah man
1: this is like so badass
2: and it was kind of badass so there you go
1: so the helicopters came and then kids ran away
2: uh we dispersed it, yeah, eventually, yeah. But uh, yeah, the cops started coming down, the helicopters, and the cops were like, this is not happening. So,
1: but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool, pretty cool. And Corinne from Purity Ring was at that gig. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, she got the window of her car smashed by an ice pack from some fans running away. Yeah, well, not my problem. <laughs> Would you like to apologize at all to her? Well,
2: uh, I think anybody that was at that show are my friends as well as hers, so... Don't pin that crap on me, uh. Love you, though. Good to- You know, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Mike DiMarco, what's Spree Park? Spree Park? Well, that's an old thing, too. That was a guy named Eric, I think it's Chang, and Marshall... I don't remember Marshall's last name, but I used to work with Marshall at Starbucks in Edmonton. And they had a band called Spree Park, and it was that they had written this album. I think there was like a play they were working on, and they had written it. It was kind of like a, you know, I guess like a musical play. But they got a whole bunch of bands from Edmonton to cover their songs. So when I was in a band called Belgium, <laughs> we, we covered some of their songs, yeah.
1: Mac DeMarco, what's the importance of Music Waste in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada? Music Waste. This, I remember moving to Vancouver and I knew about Music Waste already and I
2: was like, oh man, it would be pretty cool to play Music Waste, you know, that would be pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, we ended up getting a chance to, so it's just a great fun festival. And, you know, at the time when I was, uh, maybe they still do it this way, but it was like uh, all Vancouver bands. And like bands that play like every week, but it was like a festival. And for some reason, it was like always really special. It was really fun.
1: And they take your photo, and here's your photo as taken by Sarah Corneli from the Music Waste Program Guy. Look at that, I look like my little brother there. That is so cute. <laughs> and on the back, who do we have? We've got Walter TV. My boys. And I was curious, when did you meet Walter TV? When did you first, like, the actual meeting? I met him on a
2: rooftop on Davy Street. My friend I was having a party. And I met Pierce and Joe. And uh, I didn't meet Simon till later. But, yeah, because we had a show booked together. I think Tristan Orchard had done the show or something. And it was kind of like the interaction was like, Hey, man, like uh, we're playing a show together. Like, I'm going to make a videotape. And they're like, Yeah, cool. We're in Walter TV. But then things moved over eventually, but, you know.
1: What an amazing moment.
2: <laughs> it was all right, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> and you're here in Vancouver, British Columbia? Canada. Mac de? Marco. Mac Marco, another Vancouver thing. Wendy 13, Funky Winker Beans, the Cobalt, Wendy 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know
2: if I ever really met Wendy, but she was around, I guess. But, yeah, the, it's, it's a shame. Well, I guess I haven't been to the, I like the Cobalt now because it has a lot of pinball machines. But uh, it definitely was a different place back when I first got here, so.
1: The Victory Square Block Party!
2: Yeah, I played that once, too. That was a big, that was like a monumental thing, because when I first, I think when I actually first moved here, one of the first things I did, I went to see the Evaporators at the Victory Square Block Party. So it was kind of like, this is crazy, man. Then a couple years later, rocking that stage myself. Nice, Yeah.
1: Amazing. And then I saw you at the Cat Solano
2: Festival. That's right. A strange show. A uh, car broke down in the mountains, so we were playing on, uh, after, you know, I think we'd been up for maybe 40, 40 or 50 hours, so that was strange. But fun as well, yeah.
1: But you really took it extra, because after the Cat Solano, didn't you go to an after party at 360 Glen and keep on partying? That's incredible, Mac.
2: Yeah, that was, that was strange. I remember going in, we, I loaded all our gear into 360 to play. And uh, my whole band was completely passed out in the back of my car, and trying to wake them up was like, um, it was one of the hardest things I've done in my life, probably, yeah.
1: Like, you went on at 4
2: a.m. That yeah, was in- yeah, absolutely insane, yeah.
1: After already playing a gig in that long drive as well.
2: Yeah, it was a weird idea, weird idea on my part, but it was, you know, it was fun,
1: yeah. But it's great you had a place to play. Like, Vancouver always has these great, interesting places like 360 Glen to play. That's right, yeah. And you had a place to stay. Izzy. Tell the people about Izzy. Izzy
2: Ford, old friend of mine. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I guess I started meeting Izzy at shows. She's always uh, been a good homie.
1: My gay husband.
2: Jason, what's up? Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, too. Did a lot of For us, it was like Jason shows. He's like, Mac, you want to do Glory Days? I was like, man. Like... Yes, it was like you're paying your whole rent from one show. That was like... That was crazy, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah.
1: Do you remember doing a gig at Mime School in L.A. where you got your Sonic Youth t-shirt stolen? Yeah, yeah. At a Justin Justin Graydon
2: spot. Um, I remember it was really sweaty, and we played. And then I wore one of the Walter TV tour merch shirts. And then when I went to get the Sonic Youth shirt back, gone. And my friend Scott gave me that shirt for my birthday... And I looked on eBay the other day, actually, at those shirts, those dirty shirts, original tour shirts. They're like 500 bucks on eBay. So somebody, either really liked Sonic Youth, or knew how much they were worth on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And
1: then you ended up partying really hard at night, and people wanted to kill you because you partied too hard. How much is too much partying? Oh, um, maybe, I don't know if they wanted to kill us
2: because of, well, maybe, maybe I could have been, probably made an idiot of myself. It was like our first time in L.A., but I remember we were sleeping in our RV because we were touring in that, and this guy came up and tapped on the window, and Pierce got up, and he was like, hey, what's up? The guy was like, wrong neighborhood, man. Like, you gotta move unless you want to die. We were like, okay. So we moved, and we didn't die.
1: Mike DeMarco, what's the longest crowd surf you've ever done? Like, you've gone over barriers and stuff. You've done some, like, long ones. I mean, like, going over barriers, right? Uh, Yeah, I think... um The longest
2: one, I think, is probably, we played a festival called Normal in Monterey, Mexico. And it wasn't even, like, I wasn't surfing across the crowd. It was maybe just, like, 10 or 12 kids that were just holding me up. But it was a giant place, like a giant field, and they walked me all the way to the back fence. And when we got there, I was kind of like, I guess we got to go back. It was probably, like, you know, 10 minutes or something, yeah.
1: But there's also the footage of you at the Mohawk in Austin, Texas, where you're going over different levels. Like, I love that. Like, Did you go over an actual level? Yeah, it was like, oh, I went out in the crowd, and then I grabbed
2: the, uh, because they have the, the second tier or whatever. So I went up there, went over, they surfed me around up there, then we went down the stairs, then down the other stairs, then back in the middle for a bit, then back on the stage. That one is probably even longer, actually. That was a good one. I liked that one, yeah.
1: And you've also stage-dived onto the stage, too, haven't you? Like, you've stage-dived onto the stage.
2: That was, yeah, I think the one time I remember that happening was in Santa Ana at the Conservatory, or the, yeah, or no, the, I don't know what it's called. The, I think it's called the Conservatory. But, um, or Observatory, Observatory, that's what it is. But, yeah, it was a lot of those, like, crazy young burger kids, like, oh, my God, you know, and they rushed the stage. So there were a billion kids up on the stage, stepping all over everything. At that point, yeah, I just kind of, went up and I was surfing on the stage and kind of did this nice, like, waterfall move down to the regular crowd. It was strange, but really cool. Those kids know how to get amped up, I'll tell you. Mac DeMarco, who is Joe Meek? Joe Meek is an amazing recording... He's, like, a recording technician, sort of uh, did some kind of his own recordings in the 60s um, from the UK. He, he, like, invented compression and did a lot of different uh, strange... uh, you know, techniques with the BBC, and they were not into it. But now, now it's like, you know,
1: people are like, oh, you yeah, had the idea the whole time. So, he's amazing. Well, I have a gift for you, Mac DeMarco, an original Joe Meek artifact. Whoa. It's the sheet music for Ice Cream Man by The Tornadoes that you possibly can cover. That's amazing.
2: Thank you so much.
1: And I was thinking about that, covering. Joe Meek, do you think you might do it? Are you into covering some
2: tornadoes? That'd be cool, yeah. I mean... I think the thing for, If we played it, it would just sound Like maybe like A high school cover band Or something The thing about The recordings Joe did Is they're so like Punched up And like crazy And thick sounding So maybe if we Did it right But um Yeah maybe You never know I don't know how to Read sheet music But I can uh, learn now I guess <laughs> But other record stores
1: Mac Blackbird Music
2: Yeah yeah you know, Blackbird was in there A lot when I was younger We used to go to Value Village And, and steal the like uh, You know Kind of alternative CDs That were in nice enough Shape to get store credit At the store And then uh get records that way, and, uh, yeah, it was, it's a nice little store.
1: And Red Cat in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and
2: Zulu? Yeah, Red Cat, I think that was the one I, I brought Heat Wave to, and I brought him, like, seven copies, and, like, two or three weeks later, he's like, yo, man, we sold out, and I was like, oh, my God, like, that's amazing. So, yeah, Zulu, too, yeah, I do uh, that's on... 4th Avenue, home at a block party. Yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, I love those spots, yeah. Thank you, Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, thank you, Case, my dog. Why Lexington, Kentucky? What's the importance of Lexington and t- Kentucky?
2: Uh, we, we were on tour Dirty Beaches down, make a videotape was, down to, uh, we were kind of doing all these weird spots in, in the U.S. and the Midwest and we did uh, Lexington and Case, uh, who plays in a band called Street NAR, it was his brother's skate park. We played at this place. He played with us. He like had us stay, got us food from his restaurant. Really nice, nice guy. Um, and I left some, left him some uh, CDs or whatever and eventually he moved to Brooklyn and, uh, I ended up working at uh, Co-op 87, which is a record store owned by Mike Sniper, who runs Capture Tracks and a couple other people, too. Um, and he was playing Rock and Roll Nightclub on the computer, I think, in the store. Mike walks in, and he was kind of like, hey, like oh, what's this? And then I get a weird email being like, tell me about your album. So one thing leads to another, kids. That's how she goes. Yeah. And
1: also, thank you, Bandcamp. Was it on Bandcamp? Yeah,
2: thanks, Bandcamp. Actually, I make a lot of money off Bandcamp still, so
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Quote, what mom don't know has taken a toll on me. Mac DeMarco, does mom know that you were trying to forge a letter that allowed you to take her R V over the border? <laughs> uh prob- probably not. Or maybe no, actually I
2: think she probably does. See the thing is I don't really keep anything from my mom and when, when something like that comes up where she's like, I don't know if I could get you the letter idea, yeah, you know, it's kinda like She used to let me skip school and stuff in high school all the time, so
1: she probably, I mean, maybe, I don't, she probably doesn't remember, but maybe, you never know. So did the letter work, or did internet Becky come to the rescue? Becky came,
2: yeah, Becky, (laughs) Becky Sandler, she came and uh, drove my little Ford Escort down across the border with all the gear in it, and um, I kind of explained to her that the radiator didn't work, so it was like constantly overheating, and like smoke was billowing into it. But yeah, she was a
1: little bit freaked out by that. I think so. (laughs) Did you ever play an art show where you were doused in mushrooms by a model? Doused in mushrooms by a model?
0: Oh,
2: we didn't play it, but that was the very first time I ever went to New York. Well, that's really crazy. Maybe Brandon told you that. I don't know. Um, But uh, yeah, we went to this show. It was like a photography show, and this girl Mila was like. Hey, you guys, me and Alex, the kid that was playing drums and make a video tape, she's like, yeah, you guys want some chocolate? And we're like, yeah, sure, yeah. And we started eating this chocolate. i mean, man, this chocolate, it's like, what is it, like, really rich or something? It tastes so bad. She's like, ha oh. like, what's so funny? She's like, it's got mushrooms in it. And I was like 18 at the time, never had taken magic mushrooms before. And uh, yeah, it was, you know, and in New York with these like fancy art people that I like had, you know, I was very nervous, very scared by the big city, but and also like, some may say. I, I don't usually ever use a sock. I just kind of, like, leave it on the floor of the Taco Bell or whatever. <laughs> What's it like shitting in the shower? Uh, that's, well, yeah, that's a strange one, too. Actually, we were talking about Dan and Nigel and, and uh, Jeff, uh, the Peace Guys and stuff. When I lived with them, I got real sick, and it was like I was having the squirts, and I was, like, really feverish and, oh, so terrible. But I went to the shower at one point, and, yeah, I. yeah. yeah. I sh- I mean, it's like shitting anywhere else except you're standing up. So that's kind of where it gets all over your legs and stuff. It helps if it's liquid because if it's not, you got to push it down the drain hole. You know what I mean?
1: How many times have you shitted in a plastic bag? Because that's important to shit in a plastic bag. Uh, I don't know how many
2: times. I remember doing it pretty vividly on a the first tour we went to it went on. I think it was in like a Lay's potato chip bag or something like that. I don't know why, I mean, we could have just pulled the car over, but for some reason that tour was just kind of like, and we were late for every show, too. It's not like we were in a rush. It was like, we just, I don't know, we're weird young kids on a road trip, so. But
1: that's not that weird, though, because, you know, bands and buses, you can't shit on the bus, right? I didn't know that. So you have to shit in a? In a bag. So you were just paving the way for future success, Demarco. So that means Phoenix is pooping in plastic
2: bags on their tour bus?
1: Totally. (laughs)
2: That's amazing. <laughs> Did Phoenix hear of you through Jason Schwartzman? That's, the, that's what they told me. I, mean, I don't remember if they told me. Someone said that, um, which is like pretty amazing to me because I've been watching the movies my whole life. So, Yeah, I don't know if that's true. That's amazing. I think, I think that maybe Bronco told me that at one point, but yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: Mike DeMarco, what can you tell the
2: people about Love Unlimited walking in? The rain with the one I love. This is a great album. This is... Oh, I don't have this one either. This is great. This is like... Um, I guess it's uh, kind of like a Motown. I don't know if they're actually on Motown. They must... Yeah, maybe they are. I don't know.
1: A insert there. You can open it up and check it out. What can you tell the people about Love Unlimited? How did you discover them, and why did you like the tune?
2: This song actually... Well, the the Walking in the Rain song, my friend Alex Calder did... Uh, they played a make videotape. He used to kind of do chop, chopped up uh, reworkings of like disco stuff, so he used that song, and I was like, man, that song is amazing, so that's how I first heard about it I eventually got the album and it's um, it's great like every song starts with like the girl and the guy being like baby like or it's usually the girl but then sometimes the guy like I miss you girl like you know and it's, it's this very romantic talk intro to like every track which is like ridiculous but yeah, I love it yeah, so yeah, there you go
1: Mac DeMarco you also love
2: this record don't you
1: Paul McCartney
2: Ram yeah quite a bit I was actually sound checking that long haired no what is it uh
1: eight tracks maybe some jamming
2: <laughs> maybe i don't know I've, I've met paul but i think it was like a very uh a very i don't know he said it was amazing but it's kind of like you know you gotta imagine how many people paul mccartney meets you know you met him oh i didn't meet him no 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 but evan did and he said he wept which is beautiful now yeah.
1: have another gift for you mac demarco right here it's the wipers pacific northwest yeah because you know in vancouver we rep vancouver a lot you know being from pacific northwest we also got a rep Portland, Oregon. What gets about the Wipers? How'd you get into the Wipers? Why'd you like the Wipers? I think the Wipers... How did I get into the
2: Wipers? I think my guitar player, now Peter, he showed them to me in Edmonton at some point. Or maybe it was... Yeah, but I remember getting really into them when I lived up on Killarney Street, and I would ride my bike around, but I didn't listen to Youth America. Which album was I listening to? Uh, Over the Edge. I would just bust it in my headphones, get on the bike, cruise way north to like where that you know canal is or whatever. But yeah, you know, Romeo. It was... I loved it, loved it a lot. So, I not Ever since then, reminds me of Vancouver, and reminds me that uh, rock and roll is uh, pimpass. Yeah. And
1: some more pimpass, Greg Sage fun for you. Another gift for you, Mac DeMarco. It's a seven-inch by Beauregard, where great Sage of the Wipers plays guitar from 1971, and Beauregard's a <laughs> pestify proto-punk from '71. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> The video on YouTube for Testify and Greg Sage of The Wipers plays guitar. This is him in 1971 playing guitar for this wrestler Beauregard. Amazing, amazing!
2: Thank you very much.
1: Possibly another song you might be able to cover? We could give it a shot. The Tornadoes and Beauregard. How would that go over, do you think? Well, I think that
2: our audience now, since they're pretty young kids, would have no idea what we were playing, but hopefully we could we could turn them on to some stuff, yeah.
1: That's what I was curious. You play Taking Care of Business. Does anybody not know Taking Care of Business? Does people go up to you afterwards like, hey, that's a great song you wrote?
2: Well, the way we presented, I think they know that we're joking around a little bit. But uh, most of the time, they know exactly what we're talking about. But some parts of Europe, they're kind of like, hmm, very interesting, very interesting song. So, I don't know. Depends.
1: You're not afraid of tool, are you?
2: No, not at all. Where do you draw the line? Um, I don't know. I don't want anybody to be offended or hurt, I guess. But other than that, all's all's fair.
1: are you afraid you might offend Fred Durst at all? Because you've done Limp Bizkit. Fred Durst has been offending me my whole life, so he deserves one. You know what I'm saying? But what else if he shows up at a gig because he knows that you do the tune and then he wants to jam with you?
2: That would be a dream come true, pretty much. That would be very strange. Would
1: you like to address the camera for that wish?
2: Hey, Fred. uh, Anytime you want to pick up the old axe and slap a couple cords around, I'm uh, waiting for you, buddy.
1: Mac DeMarco, are you up on the various other salad days that are out there?
2: Yeah, I know that, uh, well, Minor Threat had a salad days. I think Young Marble Giants, I don't know if it was an album or if it was just a song.
1: And you mentioned her name, Minor Threat, and I have a gift for you from Ian Mackay of Minor Threat, Fugazi, the salad days EP by... Minor Threat. By Minor Threat. Very cool. And I contacted Ian and I said, hey, Ian, there's a guy called Mac DeMarco. Yeah? Yeah. And he has a song called Salad Days. And you have a song called Salad Days. Could you tell me about your salad days? And he said, quote, I can't recall where I first came across the term salad days, but I do remember never having heard of it before. Definitely an idiom not common to these parts. I also remember thinking that as unpunk as salad was in 1983, the concept would work for a lyric.
2: That's, that's amazing.
1: That's what he said about salad days. What do you say about salad days?
2: It's pretty similar. Uh, definitely an idiom that was not you know, common to, to me or my friend group, uh, except for my friend Victor, who was in one of the photos earlier. He was saying it, uh, and I thought it was a brand new term, you know. But it turns out it's from Antony and Cleopatra by Shakespeare, so very old. But uh, interesting to me,
1: yeah. Ian McKay also said there's a great skit on YouTube, Sam Peckinpah's Salad Days by Monty Python. Okay, I'll have to check it out. And also, there's a punk movie coming out called Salad Days, all about DC punk rock. <laughs> Crazy. More salad. More salad, the better. And speaking of food and stuff, the Macumentary Mac, where'd you get the food in the Macumentary?
2: That was at a place called the Wythe Hotel in Brooklyn. The guy that shot the documentary bought like a $4,000 meal for us. Because he thought, you know, there's that TV show Deadliest Catch or something where they all sit around the table at the end. And they're all like, uh, ah, you know, uh, we got all this food. And he thought we, he, he wanted to do something like that, uh, you know, have us rejoicing after the album has been completed or whatever. And it was just all this crazy rich food and really nice alcohol. And it was just a very strange time, but it was really fun.
1: But do you know specifically what restaurants it was from? Like if people want to recreate it?
2: Oh, I think it was at, there's a restaurant in the basement of the Wife Hotel. So there you go. Hit it up.
1: Mac, do you like double pizza in Montreal? No, I hate double pizza. I noticed on one of those capture track promos at the end, they give out the double pizza phone number and says it's you.
2: That's right, yeah. I got those bastards back, I'll tell you. Because they, I used to go, there was one on my block on Van Horn, or down the street at least, and the guys in there were so rude, they did not give a crap. They were, nah, we don't like, you. you know, every time me and my baseball, 50, 60 calls, hopefully, suck on that, double pizza, bastard. Mother- there you go.
1: Mac, dead cats. Did you take dead cats to a pet cemetery? Uh,
2: I worked at a at a uh, at a veterinary clinic, so it was like I was around the the dead animals quite a bit. Yeah, um, I didn't really do too much disposing of them, but sometimes I'd come in the back, you know, kind of room like this, and there'd be like a dog or a cat, like uh, just dead. Yeah.
1: What roads did you work on in Vancouver? Because, like, you worked on roads. So if people want to visit the roads and visit your handiwork. Those those roads were in
2: Edmonton, I think. Uh, I never did road crew here, but I did do some other weird jobs. But in Edmonton, I don't know. Where did I?
1: Like, what can people look at to inspect the job you did?
2: (laughs) There's a road in front of the A&W by Capilano Mall. I remember working on that one. Other than that. That's in West Vancouver. North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. No, no, in, in Edmonton. I never did it in Vancouver.
1: There's a Capilano Mall in Edmonton?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a weird, weird place, yeah. Well, there's
1: a Capilano Mall in North Van, and there's an A&W there, too.
2: Maybe I worked on that road, too. You're going to have to go see how I did.
1: If you go check that out, you can see what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I wasn't very good at my job at all.
1: Mac DeMarco, 360. Glenn. That's an interesting after-hours place. Do you remember playing there with Grimes on New Year's Eve 2010? Uh, yeah. Long time ago. I think we actually
2: played after Grimes too, which is like uh, kind of funny because now she's very, very famous. Yeah. Well,
1: so are you. I mean, it's pretty cool. You're playing the Vogue here in Vancouver, and you were playing with Grimes at 360. That's pretty amazing. Like Grimes and Mac DeMarco, New Year's Eve 2010. Vancouver had it pretty good, didn't we?
2: Yeah, it was a fun time, I'll tell you. It was good. What was
1: Grimes like back then? Did you talk to her?
2: I had just met her around that point in time, but I got to know her a little bit in Montreal. Yeah, Montreal, but I never knew her too well, but she's a nice girl. Claire. She used to live with my friend Marilis. so I'd see her every once in a while. But I think she lives in L.A. now, so there you go. Mac DeMarco, have you put
1: Veronica Vinoza
2: on the guest list at all? <laughs> I wish. I wish, Veronica. I don't know. I, I don't even know what country she lives in. I think she's like Russian or Eastern European, but she's always been my girl.
1: Mac DeMarco, one last, 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 last gift for you by Sarah Hughes, the documentary Tubby Doc, all about Tubby... Uh, a dog Tubby dog in Calgary What are your Tubby dog memories You played with Like stand up Comedians there This is an important Place for people That don't know Right
2: Yeah We played at Tubby dog Must have been A couple times I definitely had A lot of dogs From there We actually saw Sarah the other day In, uh, in Calgary But Tubby dog Great place Great place Because it's all ages So You know uh, Good opportunity For you know kids that Can't come to The funky bar show To come out And uh, really insane Hot dogs And uh, I don't know I've always had A good time When we played there It's been alright
1: Yeah all right. Well, thanks so much, Mac DeMarco. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? God bless you. Love your Mom. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, why should people care about Mac DeMarco? Why should they care?
2: I don't know. You don't have to. But if you feel like it, I'm uh, right here with open arms, baby.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much, Mac DeMarco. Keep on rocking in the free world. And do 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 doo doo do do Yeah. Yeah. And you're still listening to the War, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Mac DeMarco with Let Her Go. And before that, an interview with Mac DeMarco. Right now, going to play some more Mac DeMarco related stuff. Here's one of Mac DeMarco's earlier bands, the Outdoor Miners on Pop Echo Records as well. Same label as Peace with 1,200 Dollars gonna follow that up as well with some makeup videotape, heat wave. All on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Listening to the Nerdware, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, Mac DeMarco make, video, make out videotape live on CITR radio on Duncan's Donuts. Mac was actually playing live in this very studio that I'm here right now today on CITR doing a tune on the amazing Duncan's Donuts TV show. Radio show. And I say TV show because you can actually see that clip that was played off YouTube on YouTube. Just type in Make Out Videotape and CITR Radio, and you'll be able to see Mac right in the chair right across from me here on CITR Radio. So, Duncan's Donuts, thank you for exposing me to Make Out Videotape video wise and audio wise. There's also an interview with Make Out Videotape by Duncan from that show. You can check out at CITR.ca from the podcast. So, from 2000. And and ten that was Mac DeMarco, aka Make Out Videotape with I Guess the Lord Must Be In New York City, a Nielsen cover. And before that, brand new Mac DeMarco, Chamber of Reflection. And before that, some make-out videotape, Heat Wave, featuring Mac DeMarco, and before that, the Outdoor Miners featuring Peter from the Mac DeMarco Band, and Mac DeMarco, the Outdoor Miners, with $1,200. Right now, another Mac DeMarco-related tune, here is Hate by the Guys on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show. listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Beauregard with Testify from 1971, featuring Greg Sage of The Wipers on guitar and Beauregard the Wrestler on vocals beauregard greg sage together Greg sage of the wipers one of mac demarco's favorite bands and before beauregard we heard the gauries with hate another mac demarco pick on the nardwar the human serviette radio show got a postcard thank you so much wild slash kind hey nardwar You were the first Vancouver celeb I ever met after I moved here. Still got a picture with you and Terry David Mulligan. Please give us a listen. Maybe a spin. So we are going to hear, thank you, Wild Kind. We are going to hear from Wild Kind from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. We're going to hear the mountains of New Brunswick. And to end the Narboree Human Serviette Radio Show, we're going to hear Mother Grub from from Winnipeg with Canadian Classic. Thank you, Maghreb, for sending me that tune as well. If anybody wants to contact me or send me tunes, nardwar at nardwar.com. The Mountains of New Brunswick, followed up by grubb with Canadian Classic. Here's Wild Kind with the Mountains of New Brunswick on the Nardwar, The Human, Serviette, Radio
0: Show.